Today's show features an interview with coach and author Anna Switzer. This interview was conducted a couple of months ago, and I mention that because in our conversations, the pandemic was in its earliest phases of stay at home. So some of our content references may seem a bit out of date, like the suggestion of traveling. Additionally, Anna's book, License to Learn, is a focal point of this interview, and it's currently being published. So we'll link to Anna's latest resources about her book in the show notes. Welcome to My Intermission, a podcast conversation about the transitions and changes we face in life and the strategies and approaches that support us in taking the next step in our journey. I'm your host, Colleen Stanovich. So on today's show, I'm joined by Anna Switzer, author, coach, and lifelong educator. Anna and I were previously colleagues and coaches together, but she has developed education programs for National Geographic, led experiences with Outward Bound, She's certified as a nature-connected life coach, and she's an expert in helping people make meaning from experience and from the natural world. Anna has a new book available, License to Learn, that delivers a flexible and intriguing map that invites you to see life's challenges differently, those chosen challenges and those unchosen challenges, and to make meaning from them in new ways. So with that, I want to welcome you, Anna, to my intermission. Thanks so much. I'm really glad to be here. So to get started as a kickoff, I want to focus first on the intermission or intermissions that you've faced in your life too. Um, So if we think of an intermission as an intentional journey between the acts of life, what's prompted your intermissions? And if you can describe what, what changes you went through as part of them. What prompted my most recent intermission was actually a car accident. I wound up having some neck issues and shoulder surgery and some PTSD from that accident with with that. In the midst of it, my partner David and I decided to buy a camper (laughs) and for me to leave my job. And we put all of our belongings in storage and took off. It was amazing. So it sounds like a physical, the the physical change was the catalyst for all of it with a car accident, but led to other intermission choices too. Yeah. Yeah. It started out as I really needed time where I wasn't, you know, having to travel around and do work. I just needed to continue healing. Even after the physical healing was complete, there was still a lot of stress just left in my system from Mm. that. So with the, obviously the physical changes that you experience with that, but also, as you're saying, some of the, the mental stress, emotional things, what, what were some of those hurdles? And then how did that intermission time help you move through them? So like I said, um, I was definitely dealing with some PTSD. So I wound up doing a lot of reading and really coming to understand the nervous system a little bit better. And I had actually already become a nature connected life coach. And so one of the things that I did a lot, especially during the first five months, but even past that was a lot of nature connection exercises for myself. So it was almost like I was coaching myself during that time. Can you say a little bit more about what nature connected life coaching is and what the intention is and how it's different than other coaching that people may have experienced? Well, coaching in general makes the assumption that people have what they need inside of them to make a change, let's say, or move their life in a direction that they want to. They just maybe aren't quite in touch with it or haven't developed the courage to sort of take the leap 
So what Nature Connection does is actually hijacks some of the processes that are going on in the brain already um, when people are contemplating change. And it puts them out on the land in ideal circumstances where, you know, things are happening in nature all the time. And our brains have actually evolved in nature. And so there are certain things that happen with the brain while we're out in nature. And so Nature Connected Coaching puts those two things together, the contemplate the natural processes that are happening during contemplating change and the natural processes that occur when we're in you know, natural environments and puts those two together to help people like overcome the hurdle into taking some steps or clarifying, even just clarifying what it is that they're grappling with. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can appreciate that too, the, the shift, if a lot of us are carrying stress from a lot of our stress comes from places where we are inside, whether it's our work or our families or relationships. And so that idea, I can also see the merits in, in transferring just our environment to do some thinking and work, um, that being in the natural world helps us think differently about ourselves because the environment itself is different too. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, a lot of you know, attention these days on forest bathing and how good that is um, just for your nervous system. But there's also a lot of meaning making that we do out in nature. People get inspiration and ideas when they're out there. And so the coach's role is really just facilitating and and grabbing on to little moments that happen during that process. Going back to your intermission uh, for a moment, you, you talked a little bit about how being in nature was so helpful. You said you read a lot. Are there any resources or mentors or processes that, that, were especially important in helping you move through your intermission? Well, for me, one of the things that helped me really slow down and allow my nervous system to heal uh, was that I had taken up watercolor painting and making these tiny little watercolors like the size of a business card. And so when David and I packed the trailer, I had a little corner where I had my painting supplies. So I would go out for hikes and take my pack with my paints and paper with me and go out and sit and look around and find like a scene that I wanted to try to paint. And my paintings are not realistic. (laughs) Um, They're very kind of a whimsical approach um, that actually developed over the course of my intermission. Um, my skill really changed over over that time period, and it was just from having the time to do it. But I think how it facilitated my healing was slowing me down. Mm, yeah. Well, I think I hear that slowing down um, and just taking the time to let yourself heal. And through that, you had that creative outlet too of painting. Um, and I love hearing how your skill changed over time because I think sometimes we're so quick to judge ourselves and say, well, I'm not an artist or I'm not a writer. I'm not a poet. Um, To hear you say like, I was using the art to move myself through this moment and my skills changed and adapted and grew as a result too. Yeah. I never thought of myself as an artist (laughs) before. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book, um, License to Learn, which is in pre-order state now. And we will definitely link to your pre-order site in the show notes. But one of the things that was really captivating to me is this idea that learning and growing requires a level of discomfort. And I don't think as human beings, we love the idea of change or discomfort, but to anchor this book by saying it's required, you got to be uncomfortable to learn and grow. 
Can you say a little bit about why it's so essential for people to step out of their comfort zone? Well, I'll say a little bit about formal learning, and then I'll say a little bit about informal learning, which is more what the book is about. But even when you think about a kid learning math or chemistry or how to write an essay, there has to be what's called cognitive dissonance in order to move somebody from solve this kind of equation to being able to solve a more difficult kind of equation. And that cognitive dissonance is a form of discomfort. There's something I know, but it's not helping me solve this kind of problem. So I want to learn this thing in order to be able to solve that next kind of problem. And so that gap is a form of discomfort. So that's kind of the formal um, education end of things. You know, as more of a lifelong learning way of thinking about it, our brains are actually wired in such a way that when there is important information or experience happening or novel important or sorry novel information or experience that we're in front of that also creates um, it sort of captures the brain's attention and there's a writer who talks about this um, acronym called snag so our brain gets snagged and when our our brains get snagged new neurons and new connections between neurons actually get created So SNAG stands for Stimulating Neuronal Activity and Growth. And so by stepping out of one's comfort zone, which I I talk a lot in the book about what the comfort zone is and what it isn't. And the comfort zone is really where most of what we're dealing with, we know. It's familiar. And so we're not stimulating any new neuronal growth if everything around us is sort of known and predictable and we can, you know, somewhat control it, there's no reason for any new neurons to, to grow or new neuronal connections to be made. And so by stepping out of our comfort zone into some degree of discomfort, and it doesn't have to be a massive amount of discomfort for new growth to occur. The brain is activated. We feel more alive. We're more alert. And that's actually really, really good for the brain because it starts to happen in there. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think I'm I'm making connections here to this idea of intermission too, that sometimes uh, I can imagine that that step into the snag is an intentional step of I'm going to grow myself. I'm going to intentionally risk and step outside my comfort zone. Thinking about intermission, I think there's also moments where that discomfort finds you so that you are put in a position of, of needing to step outside your comfort zone. Um, is there anything in your, in your book as you talk about the comfort zone and stepping outside of it, how do people ready themselves or how do they embark on that journey of stepping outside their comfort zone so that it doesn't feel too risky and, and too dangerous? Yeah, that's one of the things I talk about is the difference between chosen and unchosen circumstances. And I think So for me, part of the value of choosing to step out of your comfort zone and choosing the discomfort that comes with that is that you're sort of building a muscle. You're building this muscle that can tolerate some discomfort so that when the unchosen stuff comes along and hits you with whatever it's got, you actually have a muscle that's sort of ready and can flex and deal with whatever this unchosen discomfort is. 
you know, one of the things that's occurring right now with this pandemic is people are, are coming face to face with, oh, I'm not ready to handle a lot of discomfort. You know, a lot of people are feeling really off balance because of this pandemic and the, and the restrictions that are being placed on us and just also the, un, the discomfort of the unknown. I feel like I'm not as thrown off by it as some people are because I've been practicing being in discomfort and my intermission actually really helped with that because I had about, my total intermission was about 13 months, 14 months. And for a lot of that time, I had no idea what I was going to be doing next. You know, I would house sit for somebody for a month and not know what was happening after that month. And life happens and opportunities appear. And it's not comfortable to sit in that space of the unknown. But the great news in all of this is that even if people don't see it or don't recognize it, they're actually starting to build that muscle that I was talking about, of being able to handle discomfort and recognize, oh, okay, it's not so bad, you know, assuming that I'm not sick, for sure. Right, right. Yeah. We're talking there about the, the, the mental discomfort and the, the stress discomfort yes. of this moment, for sure. Exactly, yeah. So I know that with your book, you have geared it towards educators, organizational leaders, you're happy to facilitate groups around some of these practices, but you also say that it can be a really helpful self-guide um, in navigating change. And so I guess one of my questions is, if, if someone is thinking about using this as a resource, what, what's necessary for them to be ready to guide themselves on their own path? Like in your intermission, you talked a lot about, I, I stepped into it and, and I built those muscles over time. But how would someone know if they are ready to guide themselves in this moment? I think for me, there's like a tension between the desire for change and the desire for things to stay where they are. And those two sort of compete with each other. And um, I think there's, there's just a moment or an insight that comes when the desire for change outweighs the desire for things to stay the same. And when that moment comes, it's for, in my experience, it was clear. It's like, yes, it's time to let go of what's been and to move into what's going to come, even if I have no idea what that is. Well, and one of the things I love about your book too, is that you provide a map for people. And I think that that, that readiness to step into something unknown, knowing that there aren't any hard final answers ready, but you're ready to step into that journey. Um, you provide a map to guide people there. Can you speak a little bit to what your map offers people and how they use it to navigate change? Sure. Yeah, so um, the map basically starts, the starting point for the map is this phrase that we all use all the time of like, oh, that's, um, I, I want to step out of my comfort zone or I need to step out of my comfort zone. You know, we just hear that phrase a lot and people refer to the comfort zone without referring to the other zones that kind of come along with, the, with that metaphor in, for example, experiential education, which is where I have a lot of experience. So there's two other zones outside of the comfort zone. 
And um, the map, so that's what I call the terrain of the map, is those three zones. And then I, I named seven roads for how to move around between the zones, whether it's chosen or how to step out from something that wasn't chosen and how to handle it. Besides the terrain of the three zones, I also outline seven um, what I call roads for how to move around that terrain. And whether we move around that terrain by choice or not by choice, I also give some tools for how to make meaning of where you've been. Sounds like it's an interplay of reflection and looking back where you've been, but also the, the next step forward or the road forward to help you move, move and grow in any way. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's a map for how to move in whatever direction you would like, but also then to make meaning from anything that's happened along the way. So you could learn one of the points I make is that we can learn and make new meaning from things that happened a long time ago, just because we've, we've grown, we're wiser, we're older, and we can look at things from a new perspective, but you actually have to have that intention. And so once you have the intention, you can do that on your own using the tools in the book. That's fabulous. So now that you've written this book and you've been on your own intermission, what advice or guidance would you share with others who are navigating their own intermission journey? Well, I've thought about three things relative to that question. And one of them we've talked about a little bit, but I want to say it even more explicitly. And this isn't from me. I have to credit um, somebody else who got it from somebody else, you know, kind of thing. But it's a really, it's just two words. Um, so to me, that says, you know, stay open to what might happen. Um, you know, when I think about the intermission being between two kind of acts of life, it's also its own act, you know, and, and how you handle yourself inside of the intermission might change the act that's coming. It's not like in a play where the act is already written, mm -hmm. right? You're in the process of writing that act during your, your inter intermission. Um, so that's one is just don't know for a while, you know, it doesn't mean you won't know forever, but just take a while to not know. And then the second piece that I've been thinking about is, um, what I call following deer trails. So if you're a hiker, um, and if you've been in wilderness areas, um, you know that there's like a path that's been designated for hikers. That's like a big wide, you can barely miss it kind of path. And then off of that path, there's little deer trails that are smaller. Sometimes you can barely sort of make them out. You know, we're, we're so used to in our lives following the big path. You know, I got this degree. And so next I need to do X because that's the logical next step. And following the deer trails is like, the painting thing for me. It was just this little thing that I had in my back pocket that I wasn't really using, but it was like, oh, well, I'll take some painting stuff along in case. And it became like a really big, important piece for me. So following the deer trails, following those little narrow paths that you come across that just make you curious, like, huh, where does that go? Where might that lead? Or the third message I would 
say for other people considering an intermission or on an intermission. And this is not something I had at the beginning. It, it also just evolved, which is to have a theme song while you're, while you're on your intermission so that, you know, say you're in one of those spaces where maybe it's difficult to not know and you're feeling a place to be in. You can play your theme song and that'll just remind you like, oh yeah, this is, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm out here. And, you know, maybe it'll even make you dance or just like let loose a little bit so that, you know, just to invite the flow back into your body, but also into the process. So, you know, I love that because I'm a lover of music. I love the idea of a theme song <laughs> for your intermission. Do you mind sharing what your theme song is? I don't mind sharing my theme song, but uh, it's an oldie and a goodie that I just heard one day on the radio and I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's the one for me right now. And it's by REO Speedwagon and it's called Roll With the Changes. Excellent. I love it. I can see a playlist developing here for intermission. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, Anna, for taking the time today. Again, if you're interested in having Anna facilitate or coach um, towards License to Learn, we'll make sure to drop her contact info in the show notes. And License to Learn, her new book, is available for pre-order. And so check the show notes there as well. Thanks so much, Anna, for taking the time today. Uh, it's been my pleasure. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for listening to the My Intermission podcast. Don't forget to check out the website for additional resources, blogs, and because the holidays are coming, consider a My Intermission journal or 40 Days of 40 journal as a meaningful and intentional gift for someone this year. All that can be found at myintermission.com. I'll be back next week for more conversation about life's changes on the My Intermission podcast.